How about that? Uh, how about that new truck? Well, huh? Huh? How about that new cyber truck? It's something. You feeling cyber? <laughs> feeling something. I'm gonna tell you something. I got home from hockey last night. All right, and I just popped open to social media because the event was a night event, as it would be if you're Tesla when you're Elon. It's dark. It's sci-fi. Mm -hmm. And so I popped open to social media, as you would, when I got home from hockey, and I saw the pictures, and I just, I didn't believe my eyes. I had, it was a double take. It was a, I scrolled, and I, I scrolled again. I kept scrolling. Job. I didn't know. I kept scrolling. Yeah. I didn't know. And it's because we've been talking about this thing for a while, and we've seen these outlandish renders, and we saw all these interpretations of the original leak, which showed the light bar on the front. And I sat here, Will, and I told you, now nah, I can't look like that. Some of those renders. Now nah, I can't look like that, Will. Yeah. You know? I don't remember what the renders were. But there were so many different ones we talked about. Yeah. And the thing is... It looks like that. The thing is, it's a real thing you can buy, and it looks like that. Now, for the record, I, I can imagine people watching this, they're thinking, wait, he's he sounded real negative. I'm not negative. For the record, I'm not being negative right now. I appreciate just doing stuff. Uh, uh. He could have done anything. It could have looked like every other truck, for sure. It could have. It wouldn't be... Life is life can be fun, Will. Yeah, you gotta have a little fun sometimes. Ah, uh, I talk about products and stuff and predictable things. Predictable products is much more common than the unpredictable ones. Mm -hmm. And as much as I sat there and I looked at it and I said, "No way, they just who drives this? Where do they drive it?" That's your gut reaction. My gut reaction is. I just can't. I immediately started seeing this thing in gridlock traffic on the DVP and started thinking, man, that's going to look so goofy in gridlock traffic. Yeah. Because, of course, when you see it like this, it looks amazing. Like the picture you're showing right now. Yeah, the one-off. In the room. Yeah. It's what planet is it on? I want it. Blade Runner. Uh, it's in the desert. I want it. You're in the... All these different environments by itself, I want it. It's when you have to stack it up with all the other cars on the road and put it in the city. Real life. And put it at a red light. <laughs> something, something happens to your interpretation where you want to appreciate the ambitiousness. You want to take part in the future. But if your future butts up against somebody else's boringness, it screws up your future. <laughs> anyway, yeah, I was talking I to Kirk you. earlier. You do have to kind of uh, detach your your logical self a little bit to truly appreciate what's happening here. I have a truck. I own a truck, Will, and I, I appreciate the utility of it. It's not the coolest looking thing in the world, but that's kind of, that's also what's good about it is it, it's a truck and it's, it's not trying to be anything. And I was saying to Kirk, this crazy futuristic design, to me at least, would have made a little bit more sense on the Roadster where it can be this super ambitious aspirational thing like race cars have been in the past. Mm -hmm. It's it's kind of strange that their most futuristic thing they've ever approached happened on 
what also is typically the most utilitarian and the least show PC, which right. is the truck, mm -hmm. the work truck. Now, I'll still tell you I'm not complaining. I like trucks. I This thing, that looks like so much fun driving that thing around. But it might be so crazy and outlandish that you're just going to get so much attention as well. Yeah. Which some guys, they get the trucks and they put the big wheels and the big tires. They want to make a statement. And, and, and maybe they put a change the grill and they put a, a big uh, push bar on the front. Some guys. But then there's also a lot of understated trucks out there that they just sort of blend in. So it's gonna. this is going to require a buyer who's cool with making that statement as well. Mm-hmm. Couple of other things I noticed about it. I like to access the bed of my truck sometimes from the side. That ain't gonna happen here by the looks of it because of the the way that it's angled. I do like the fact that the angular nature of it is not strictly for show because there are, of course, some efficiency benefits, particularly for an electric vehicle, when they went on to say, hey, this thing can do potentially 500 miles at the top end spec on a single charge, which I think everybody's very excited about that, 500 plus miles. Plus, you go to that tri-motor model, and you're talking about sub 2.9 seconds, 0 to 60, which in a big vehicle is going to be wild. Mm -hmm. Plus a towing capacity, 14,000 pounds. So the specs, they stack up. I'm saying, man, the bed, which they're calling a vault, kind of cool, is 6.5 feet. Mine is about 5.5 right now on my truck. I have the bigger cab with the with the four doors, but then it, it kind of uh, eats up your bed space a little bit. This is going to be a big vehicle. <laughs> that's, another, yeah. that's another thing for Tesla people who have never driven a truck before. Just realize my truck is already big. This is going to be bigger. Parking, things like this. It's just different to own a truck than a car for that reason right there. But my goodness, you know, you know what? Go for it. You know what? If you go for it. Because the thing about it is, we're all on the clock right now. Mm. You know what I'm saying? The countdown is happening. And you can have a bit of fun and drive around some sci-fi video game type thing. Like, if that vehicle pops up in, in Grand Theft Auto, go for it. Same thing goes for real life. If it can bring you a bit of joy, you hop in there, you get ready for the day in your cyber truck, let's do it, man. Have some fun. We have to kind of uh, reward these types of moves that are hard to make. You know how many people told him you can't? Are you, do you know how many people along the way? You can't do that. Either directly or indirectly. You can't do that. Mm -hmm. I saw because he even had his own apprehension. He came on Twitter. Elon Musk came on Twitter and said, uh, some people are not going to like this. That to me shows that he knows it's not going to be to everyone's taste. He's considered that. Some weird stuff here. $150 to order it. <laughs> $150 yeah. Canadian. I think $100 US. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah, $150 Canadian, $100 US. Why? <laughs> Why $100? $100 bucks to order a truck seems very strange. Uh, I guess you want to get as many people down to buy one as possible. The, the price surprised a lot of people as well, starting at $39,900. It's kind of shocking for something that looks that cool it's got a lamborghini-esque thing going on with the angular aspect of course 
it's even more crude than that. Uh, we, we've seen all the low poly jokes, yes. memes. This thing is a meme machine. It's mm -hmm. a meme machine. And I, part of me thinks Elon kind of likes some of that aspect of it too, that you have to talk about this thing. Yeah. But I'm just surprised that this crazy futuristic design showed up in the form of their truck and not one of their other vehicles. Because let's be honest, this does not fit in with the product line. No. no. At all. The Model S, 3, Roadster, and Y all interact from a design language perspective that you just you 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 click between them and it makes sense to you s3 y x and then you click on cybertruck and you have exited planet earth and you're now you now own a moon rover and i so what i want to have one too are right you gonna, are you going to get yeah, one yeah of course yeah <laughs> but the thing is it's you know they're saying 2022 for the oh, cool, yeah. for yeah. the cool model and then i mean it's going to be hard to make so it could be 2023 i can't think that far in advance well i don't know what i'm doing i might be on that sailboat we talked about <laughs> sailing away yeah i don't know looking for planet cyber truck in my sailboat trying yeah. to find some weird island full of cyber trucks now, it's important to note there are other manufacturers, there are other uh, upstart automakers that are taking aim at the at the truck segment as well. Truck segment is big. Uh, the top-selling vehicle in the United States, Ford F-150, trucks are used for everything. And yes, if you want to play in the automotive space in a major way, you, you're going to have a truck in North America. So... You have upstarts like Rivian, and if you if you check out their product, it's a lot more typical truck form factor. And it'll be interesting to see how the consumer responds. This one, presumably, going to be available sooner than... And, and it, it obviously looks a bit more friendly, <laughs> let's be honest. Mm -hmm. The Cybertruck... The Cybertruck doesn't care about other trucks or you it has or no feeling anything it has no feeling yeah the cyber truck is not smiling the cyber truck just has work to do it's gonna run you over yeah the cyber truck just is going getting where it's going mm -hmm. uh but that's what's cool about it man uh some other some other tidbits the cyber truck has this stainless steel finish unpainted finish I saw people on twitter i saw detroit borg on twitter talking about how that's going to be a nightmare to keep looking uniform because as you know you get all the smudges and all yeah, that but yeah. maybe you embrace that if you're cyber truck you embrace all that stuff i don't i don't know they slammed it with the sledgehammer it looked robust and if you want to use a hardened steel like that maybe your design is then informed by what is what that material is capable of this this might be how you end up with this incredibly angular thing because only certain lines might be available to you yeah you saw the meme this is the truck i drew when i was six everybody oh, yeah. drew a truck that kind of looked like that it's like a triangle really. when only certain lines are available to you you're kind of stuck in, within certain parameters yeah and so by going with this particular material maybe this is you, you end up in this design path here and if you went with something that had a more traditional bed, it's important to note that the bed of a pickup, the drop-off at the back window, 
has a uh, has a tremendous imp impact on drag. It sort of sucks air in there into mm. the bed region, and so then they're consuming more more energy. And in the case of a gas vehicle, that's less of an issue than in the case of an electric vehicle. So again, you have to see with products like the Rivian that embrace the typical truck form factor how much of a range hit takes place in real in a real world setting considering you keep the bed looking like the bag but what do you think about that rivian vehicle it, it's pretty good looking right well yeah yeah it's uh really typical looks like a ford f-150 so you can get that and kind of blend you don't have to make as big of a statement as if you roll up in the cyber truck you're 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 asking everyone to look at cyber you that's yeah. my cyber truck, and this is cyber Lou. Yeah. And stop what you're doing. Everyone around, stop what you're doing. Embrace our cyberness. And that's just that's just the reality of 2019. Taking nothing away from the design, you can't change the fact that you roll up in that. It's, you're having a whole conversation. Mm -hmm. You are not quietly entering the no. back row of the auditorium. No. That happens to be the highway. Everybody's looking, but that might be what you want too. And maybe, Will, to make the case to put a big stamp on the electrification of the automotive industry, maybe that's just what's needed to just make a huge statement and to have that thing out on the road almost as a billboard for electrification. Because the Model S doesn't really do that. It looks like every other no, car. You have to push boundaries when it comes to aesthetics. Maybe you cars. do. Because they all look the same now. Really. Maybe you can make the argument, Will, that the S and the three haven't gone far enough as far as word of mouth, kind of like in the street. Wow, what is that? In the mass, mass, mass market way. Of course, here on the internet, guys like us, yeah. you know, you can hear about Model S, Model 3, Model Y all day. But I'm just saying, for the average person, there's not a single person that, that isn't going to turn their head at that Cybertruck and say, what was that? Yes. And then immediately learn about Tesla, learn about electric vehicles, learn about the whole picture. So this was necessary. It could opinion. be a sacrificial kind of move where you just come, you just have this vision that even if you take all this heat and you don't move the volume you had hoped because of the utilitarian component and the fact that it's just not going to map for everyone, you look at it as a marketing play. Yeah. Where you say we're not going to move as many units, but we're going to we're going to instill the brand to uh, potential consumers, Willie or do. customers. Willie do. You take I the mean, hit. Yeah. You subsidize. Yeah. You subsidize the cost of this project to be your marketing platform for the entire brand. Yeah. The Cybertruck. You don't need to see that many to immediately start googling. What just happened to me? What did I just see in the street? Mm. Now, the unfortunate part is going to take so long. That's the unfortunate part. Yeah. Because it's going, to be, it's going to be fun to see this thing rolling around. Uh, in the presentation, I should also mention, it was an important moment. They go to smash the glass, the glass breaks, and then Elon's mood goes down. A lot of people were upset about that. Uh, it's supposed to be this smash-proof glass, and then, it, and then it smashes, as seems to always happen in these types of demos, when... It's this real big moment, and then it doesn't go according to plan. Uh, two things, two things stand out to me here, and it's not 
obviously it's not ideal. But you kind of almost appreciate the fact that they were freestyling. Yes. Yeah. The fact that they went out there without rehearsing this, which they must have done in order for this to go the way that it went, it kind of means they're having fun. Yeah. And and, I, and, 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 and they're going to go back to the drawing board and, and, and fix it up, and, and I'm sure they'll figure out a way to get the results that they want. But to step up there in front of all this press, in front of however many people are going to stream this, and do an, do an untested metal ball through the window. It's just very, it's just not your typical corporate environment. Right. And there's something kind of fresh about that, even though he has to do the rest of the presentation in front of a smashed <laughs> vehicle. I was thinking if it within the freestyle, and it's easy to say this in retrospect, within the freestyle, if he just hops in the vehicle and turn, spins it around real quick to the other side. Just give me a second here. Just, yeah. just let me show off the uh, no, totally transparent. All right, this smash glass, I gotta work on that. Let me spin this around real quick, yeah. just in the moment. Everybody, be, woo! People love the transparency. Oh, they yeah. love to be involved. Yeah, and he 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 brings a certain amount of that. So I just want to say congrats to Elon for going after it, man. And you have to understand, I'm not like a Tesla super fan or anything. I just like the idea of pushing boundaries i like the idea of imagination come to life in the form of physical products not in the form of just a concept not in the form of just a drawing but an actual tangible thing that humans are going to be able to buy and drive it's going to be in the world it's going to be a little a little dot in 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 within history and it could possibly go on to influence other vehicles and maybe even create some new normal yes at some point and i think it's the case with a lot of things that are disruptive that the moment you see them, you you don't know how to receive it. Your initial reaction is, my God! Mm -hmm. But I've seen the reaction on Twitter and my own already adapt and evolve. I'm looking at it differently than when I first saw it already. And we're going to, as we continue to become comfortable with the look of it, comfortable with the idea of it, we're going to change our perceptions. Mm -hmm. It's going to take some time, but we're going to, it's going to, it's it's wild. Yeah, sometimes you need like a kick to the system to wake you A up. little reboot, a little reboot. Yeah. yeah. Maybe that's what this is. Maybe this is a little restart button on for the automotive sector. I don't think F-150s are going to start looking like this. And I don't necessarily think that they should. But as far as a, a wider reset of just, hey, we don't have to think within these, these strict parameters, parameters yeah. these strict boundaries. Maybe we can, maybe this could inspire other designers to push a little more in different directions. Because there have been eras where that's where that's been the case, Will. There's been eras within automotive where people have done some crazy things for the time. We've just been kind of stuck in a pretty similar state for a while now. Mm -hmm. and, and listen, I understand it's not going to be for everyone. That's the way aesthetics work, right? It's not going to be for everyone. E even for me, I'm not saying I'm fully on board with the look. The look is taking me time. 
So that's fine. I'm just talking strictly about approaching something that you know is going to be risky. And there's definitely, you can't say there's anything like this in a game right now. No. You can't say that. Now, I should also mention, so congrats. Congrats to Elon and Tesla. Go, go, go for it. Although I couldn't get to the event. I want to drive the thing uh, as soon as possible. Yeah. The, uh, the other thing from the event that I should mention, there, surprisingly, this secondary vehicle has been getting a, a lot of attention. This electric ATV, which they're also calling Cyber... It has its own cy Cyber Quad. And, of course, it's one of these... Uh, uh, one of these recreation type of vehicles, you go out, you explore on one of these things. Usually they're gas powered. This one, obviously electric. And towards the end of the presentation, this thing rolls out and it rolls perfectly into the bed or vault of the Cybertruck. At which point it's also plugged in to the Cybertruck's battery system in order to charge itself. So it can charge from the truck so it's always got to charge. Very nice and convenient. And so people had a lot of questions about this cyber quad. Was it an independent launch? Is it an accessory to the truck? Once I'm able to configure the truck, can I? is this an add-on item? How much will it cost? A lot of questions about that. Uh, so Elon actually responded in a tweet to a user who had those questions. And he said, Tesla two-person electric ATV. So he's not calling it cyber quad, though he probably will after hearing the phrase. Tesla two-person electric ATV will come at first as an option for Cybertruck. So it's not going to be offered independently. Instead, it will be an accessory for the Cybertruck. And you know what that, that leads me to imagine now, Will? Not just a Cybertruck sitting in gridlock traffic on the DVP but a Cybertruck sitting in gridlock traffic on the DVP with a cyber quad in the back. Uh, uh. <laughs> How's that for a vision of the future? How many people are going to have quads now that never imagined owning one? Yeah. Like Kirk's going to have a quad now. He doesn't even know where to take it. He doesn't know yeah. what he's doing with it. Lives in the city, <laughs> but he's got a quad. He owns a quad. It sits in the yeah. back of his Cybertruck. Everyone's into quads now, but weirdly enough, as a side effect, it's kind of a cool thing because those type of recreation vehicles aim to get you outside, aim to get you exploring, uh, much like our the the original um, idea we had where this thing sort of looks like a moon rover. Uh -huh. That's the mini rover. Yes. It's we're turning the world into the moon. Yes. Sort of, but it's better than the moon. There's more going on here than the moon. Mars, maybe. Yeah. Would be... A little, a little bit more aspirational. Uh, so yeah, so the the truck has a, this interesting air suspension on it, the Cybertruck. And what what I noticed that was cool about the presentation, again, because I own a truck, I load things in the back of the truck, was how low the rear end was able to get to load up the ATV, and not the front end. So it actually created a ramp just using the air suspension, and then they pulled out the actual mechanical ramp they they slid it out from the tailgate but it created a far far less of an angle to go up 
to load things than you would have without the air suspension. So you can see the angle of it there. The tail end can come down quite a bit. Now, the entire truck is capable of lowering with this air suspension for gr greater aerodynamics and efficiency. And then, of course, it can also go up at lower speeds for clearing for for clearing certain objects or doing off-roading or something like that, which is I, which is I guess what you would do, especially if you had the cyber quad. You'd be going off-road, you'd be taking the quad out, yeah. and having yourself a time, which is uh, apparently what Kirk is going to be doing now. So anyhow, we don't have any prices yet, and you won't be able to buy it independently. It will only be an option when you're eventually able to configure your cyber truck. But again. We're still stuck because we're going to have to wait until 2022 or whenever it happens to be, which is a bit unfortunate. Maybe we'll get to maybe we'll get to give it a try before Sneak that. Peak. Yeah, maybe we'll get maybe we'll Willie do you, you you finesse a couple emails and all of a sudden I'm rolling around. All of a sudden I'm rolling around in a cyber truck. I'll talk to Musk. Or maybe not See the cyber truck, but maybe we just get on the cyber quad. The quads. Yeah. yeah. So the electrical outlets on board the Cybertruck are 110 volt and 220 volt. So if you plug this into the 220, it's actually probably going to charge pretty quickly. Uh, just to round out some some specifications, by the way, if you just head over to that tri motor, that's the most exciting one to me, as far as the truck's concerned. Uh, the ground clearance that I was mentioning earlier, up to 16 inches. So that's substantial if you're into trucks. They also have the approach angle at 35 degrees and the departure angle at 28 degrees. So it's going to be a valid option for off-roady ATV type people. Very interesting. All right, moving on from Tesla, we have a brand new leak here. Render, not leak. Render based on leaks from a really reliable leaker, obviously. Actually, these, these two guys, these two groups have worked together previously on these renders. It's on leaks and 91 mobiles. And it is a render based on a leak, but from a really reliable source. So many are, are thinking that this is going to be pretty accurate to what the Galaxy S11 is going to look like. Uh, we've been talking about it. Uh, there, of course, there's the, the rumor that the selfie camera is going to shrink substantially and move to the center of the frame. Obviously, the advantage of being smaller is more screen and less camera, less obstruction. And then by moving to the center... I don't know if you ever, you never used the uh, S10, S, S10 Plus. No. But when you have the selfie camera on the in the corner, even though it's nice to have it out of the way, if you use the selfie camera, there's kind of a strange angle you need to apply hmm. to take a square photo. And I can't imagine Samsung w was completely happy with that. It w It's this kind of thing where there's a, a benefit by having it out of the way, and but then that drawback. Then... Of course, when they went to the Note series and made it symmetrical, maybe they're thinking, okay, we'll just make the make the whole lineup look like that. So in this particular render, you have the central selfie camera. You have an incredibly slim bezel on the phone around both sides and the top with a slightly larger chin. And then the other big change is on the back of the device where there's an enormous camera cutout housing up to five cameras, which is obviously a tremendous number of cameras based on the render you can see something that looks like an ultra wide on the bottom there telephoto looks like it's on the top of course the standard focal range probably in the middle and unlike the competitors unlike the pixel over here with the square cutout, the iphone has a has a square box on the back 
uh, even though it only has three cameras. They, they have this slightly more slender-looking rectangular unit. But, man, these camera modules are getting enormous. He's gonna have the, it, we're used to it because we've seen it now, but you remember when people started sharing the renders for this phone, the Pixel, or the new iPhone? People go nuts. It's kind of yes. like they were having a Cybertruck moment. That yeah. People were saying it looks like a spider's eyeballs and yeah. arachnophobia, tryptophobia, whatever, phobias, all the phobias came out. Yeah. Uh, now, I just look at that and I say, yeah, okay, of course, more cameras. Makes sense. Eventually, that whole back panel is going to be camera lenses or at least a, a lot of it. So there's, other, there's a video to go with it, actually, down at the bottom where they've turned these renders into a, an actual moving thing. Uh, as far as some specs on there, apparently you're going to be looking at a 6.7-inch 120 hertz AMOLED panel. I think that'll, that'll make people happy and excited. Uh, Samsung might eliminate the Bixby button as well, possibly listening to customers on that one. I never minded the idea of having an extra button, but it was just you couldn't, at least in the early days, really configure it easily. Mm. You had to take a few steps to do so. And you, I, mean, I don't know who's actually using Bixby. Bixby people get mad at me. There's actually Bixby people out there. They say, oh. I can actually go deeper into my commands because Bixby has certain access that other voice assistants don't, at least within Samsung phones. But it's it's obviously not a big enough group or or... If Samsung drops it, that will be evidence that it's not a big enough group of users, Bixby users out there. So the rumor here is that they will drop it. The renders also show no dedicated headphone jack, which I guess that's a wrap on headphone jacks. And there will be a new chip. That's to be expected. It'll pack the Snapdragon 865 chipset, likely, or Samsung's own chip in certain markets. Now... Like I said, there's a track record here with OnLeaks where they, you know, given the information that they're able to get access to, OnLeaks, 91 Mobiles, they've been really on point in the past. So even though it is a render, you got to take it for what it is. You can't take it with 100% confidence. There, there should be pretty good reason to believe that we're seeing something close to what Samsung would do. And I'm not, I wouldn't be surprised, to be honest. The only thing that's up for dispute probably is that camera cutout and whether or not it houses five actual cameras mm -hmm. instead of maybe four or three, whatever whatever we end up seeing over there. If you got five cameras, what do you have? You have a wide, you have a telephoto, you have a standard, you have a macro, and then you have a time of flight. I don't know. Yeah, That's a lot. <laughs> that's a lot going on. But it would be cool. It would be cool. Admit that. Yeah. Admit that. I was just thinking wide and then ultra wide. Oh, like two wides in there. I don't think but usually there. isn't the standard. They call like it. Wide. They call the standard vocal range wide. Right. Yeah. Standard yeah. vocal length. They call it wide. So, and you're not gonna have two zooms. So maybe a macro. A macro. Throw a macro. I don't know. We'll see. Maybe they got carried away with the with the render on that one. But it looks pretty cool, nonetheless. As as far as I can tell, of course, it's not. It's an iteration. It's not a massive overhaul. It's an iteration and improvement, as you'd expect, S11. Now, speaking of selfie cameras, Xiaomi apparently working very hard to eliminate the selfie camera completely. We've talked about this in the past. This has been reported, but it's back in the news because of a response that a Xiaomi official had on social media about how hard they're actually working on it. 
So obviously, in the meantime, brands are aiming to shrink the front-facing camera in order to make the obstruction as minimal as possible. But the ultimate eventual place you want to get is to not having the obstruction at all. And so we started to see rumors and we started to see images emerge regarding this technology that would be capable of putting the camera underneath. We even saw video in some cases in the past mm -hmm. of how this technology would work by, by uh, turning off the display in the section where the front-facing camera is housed temporarily, and then those pixels could come back on when the camera's not in use. But we have not seen a commercial product yet actually emerge with this technology in place, the under-display camera. So the question is, who's going to be first to market? And you know, Will, it's a rampage. They got to get there. Whoever gets there gets to sell some more devices in an incredibly competitive marketplace that we've talked about in the past. And so you know Xiaomi wants to get there before Oppo. Oppo wants to get there before Huawei. Samsung wants to get there before Xiaomi. You see how this goes, Will? Mm -hmm. So there was a, a question that took place on Weibo, popular social media platform in China, in which Xiaomi Group Vice President and Redmi Brand General Manager Liu Weibing, he was, he was very active for the moment, and one of his followers asked, which technology do you most expect to adopt on, on future smartphones? That was the question, and the response was, where is it exactly? He said, Xiaomi is working hard to overcome the screen camera technology, specifically. So, yes, you're, you're left to speculate what that means, but presumably, we are closer to this technology being commercially available than may have been originally thought. And I think it is kind of a, I think it's kind of a big deal. Even though I realize the, the notch as we have it today, at the scale that it is, isn't really that distracting. It's not really that terrible, right? I'm, I'm talking particularly in the water drop, teardrop style that you're showcasing there or even the tiny little hole punch we just showed off on Samsung's S11 render. But I think almost everyone agrees, if you can put it under the display and the quality is equivalent, that's the better implementation. Full screen, full access, full video, no black dot sitting there, no notch. That seems to me to be the superior implementation. And therefore, if you can be first to market on a technology or an advancement, which everyone agrees is the better implementation, well, that's going to be good for business. Yes. And doesn't uh, suffer from worse selfies. That's the key. It has to still have performance to it. Yes. But you would assume that that would be, that they wouldn't be worth doing if you couldn't do that. Mm -hmm. At and least if the, maintain it. If the pixels turn off, why not? Mm -hmm. If the pixels in that region turn off, why not? So... Anyway, we might be seeing this sooner than originally expected, and at least we know the race is on now. If you have Xiaomi Group Vice President coming out publicly saying that, you know, Oppo Group Vice President is reading that. Mm -hmm. So the, the race is on. And we're just gonna we're just gonna add some fuel to the fire right now and just say, go ahead and do it already. Yeah. Let's see what you got. I mean, it's hard to do. We're not doing it. <laughs> it's a free-for-all. But, but it's cool. It definitely beats the motorized camera as well because the moving parts and all that. Mm -hmm. This is the ultimate eventual implementation 
and uh, at least in the immediate future. Apparently, the AirPods Pro are are doing all right. Well, Apple s- sold a couple of those. Oh, okay. Yeah, they sent them out there into the world. Uh, shipments for the entire AirPods line are expected to double this year to 60 million units. It's mm. a lot of AirPods. Mm. What do you got? 350 million people in the U.S. You know, in Canada, it's like 35 million people. It's more. That's more AirPods than Canadians. Ooh. Kirk liked that one. That's a lot of AirPods, dude. Yeah. I mean, even in the U.S., I mean, obviously it's a global figure, but still 60 million AirPods. You just figure that out. I was reading an article recently about making the argument that AirPods are disposable as well because the batteries run out within about a year. Mm. If you use them regularly, they stop holding a significant charge, and you can't really be replacing batteries on AirPods. They're so tiny. I don't even know if Apple does it. So if you get 60 million people on the hook that get accustomed to the convenience of AirPods and they're using them regularly, replacing them every year or two, it's a couple of dollars. Yeah. What's 300 bucks to a year, you know? It's a couple of dollars. Yeah. You put that in the bank, you get a little interest on it, you move, you put it in a bank in, a bank in Ireland so you avoid taxes. <laughs> That's what they did. Although they just brought a bunch of money back recently because they're all shaking hands with Trump now. Well, yeah. Tim is. Tim and Trump are opening factories in Austin, Texas. <laughs> More factories. <laughs> New York Times ain't happy Barbecue. about it. New York Times ain't happy about it. And Tim did not correct Trump when he said, I'm just out here opening factories. Yeah. Tim just, was like, He's just clapping. Tim was like, let's open some factories. Yeah. You know? So, I mean, they're employing people. So let's just get that part out of the way. They are actually employing people. Mm-hmm. Apple employs a couple people, well. Do they? Yeah, they, yeah, they do. Didn't know that. Uh, so obviously the AirPods Pro came out last month, and the reason that everyone knows they're hot is because they came out and said, okay, it's, they surpassed expectations, and Apple's assembly partners are at capacity for the AirPods. So they're trying to churn them out as quickly as they can. And I'm just going to go ahead and predict. I'm going to go out on a limb, which isn't much of a limb. It's more of a tree trunk. And say, this is going to be a hot item this holiday season. Mm. Kirk, you're with me on that? It's going to be a hot item this holiday season. Because it's hard to figure out what to buy people. 2019, everybody has everything. In 2019? Yeah. You don't know. What do you, what you get people? But you get them some AirPods, all of a sudden you're in the good books. Mm. Do you think the Pro will outperform the regulars? No, no, no. No. Uh, unless you're buying it for somebody who already had the regulars, just trying to upgrade them or something. I think for the average person, you're going to be cost sensitive. You might even pick up the one without the wireless charge case. Just the entry point, I think, will still be, you know, what it's like iPhones. Well, you got the Pro versions, you got the regular versions. There's options. There's options available to you, and and cost is going to be your major consideration there because it is a convenience type of product for a lot of people. But maybe not because the Pro is new and the other one isn't. At least for this holiday season, maybe it'll be different for next holiday season. See, the other thing that happened as well, Microsoft just pushed back. They delayed their AirPods competitor until spring of 2020. And so that gives even more runway for Apple to be the option. Of course, Amazon has theirs. Uh, Samsung Samsung has theirs. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, you don't see them in the street the way you no. see those AirPods. In the street. Yeah. So, yeah, they're, they're dominating. They're doing well. Apple loves it. Investors love it. 
increasingly Apple becomes this accessory and service services company that we've talked about in the past. And numbers like this seem to indicate that people don't mind. People don't mind buying AirPods. I don't know what the next product is. It's just weird. It's kind of funny. If you were to ask me years ago, what's the hot product holiday season, Apple 2019? You just wouldn't have thought they'd be in the headphones game in this way. They bought Beats back then, and you were thinking to yourself, okay, maybe. But then their headphones just eliminate, like they just blew up Beats. I mean, they're still selling Beats. But yeah. you you go out in the street, like I said, you do an AirPod to Beats ratio. I don't need to say it. I don't need to tell you what happens. Mm -hmm. Did you know, Will, that women are more likely than men to say please to their smart speaker? <laughs> First of all, I don't know why anyone's saying please to their smart speaker, so I'm definitely part of the, the one group on this one. <laughs> uh, I have to say, from the moment I tried out a, uh, smart speakers in general, hey, hey, Google, I just triggered everybody. Alexa, Alexa, whatever. The, <laughs> I was immediately already speaking to it in a different fashion than I would a human. I At no point was there any confusion for me socially about how I should treat this robot voice. I had, I had no sympathy. I'm yeah. either talking to Just. Amazon programmed by Bezos. See what I'm saying here? Yeah. Why am I supposed to be sympathetic? You, you... There's a whole enterprise inside that speaker. So I never got that. But apparently, people care about this stuff, and they say it matters. Hmm. Well, I mean, they're trying to make the case that it matters. I'll give you the numbers here. The question of AI politeness breaks down along gender lines, with 62% of women reporting that they say please at least sometimes when it comes to uh, talking to their AI versus 45% of men. I'm amazed at these numbers in general. Yes. That's a lot of people saying please to their smart speakers. Yes. Now, the article here on The Verge goes on to say the one possible answer is that men are generally ruder to women, <laughs> which is quite a line. I don't know. What does that have to do with? Is there uh, evidence? Because smart speakers are always women by default. Oh, are they? And groups are starting to say oh, yeah, that that shouldn't right. be the yeah. case because then there's like a whole weird political... Uh, correctness kind of thing sociological scenario yeah. in which they're saying well then you're 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 uh conditioning men to expect women to be subservient because your assistant is being subs you see what i'm going where i'm going I i'm not that. saying that's the case i'm not saying that i'm just saying that's the argument presented in this particular article relating to gender stereotypes and so forth and so on you know, Will, don't don't kill him. Don't shoot the messenger. I'm just reading the thing. But I have to say, and this is just, I'm just giving you the personal insight right now. I don't want, if, if when I'm getting the directions in the car, I don't want a guy's voice. It, does that make me, am I terrible for that? I just don't, I'm going to be, it, it just feels more stressful or something. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Or maybe I'm just used to it because it always has been. But But then you start, having questions about how did that become the case. In, 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 in 2001, Hal is a guy. And he ends up being real rude. Yeah, so maybe, maybe you got traumatized by Hal. 
Maybe that's what happened. All these developers grew up, they saw 2001, and they said, we can't have a guy's voice. People are going to think of how. The, the AI, the, the well-known AI yeah. guy's voice is a dude who tries it. to kill people, humans, in space. Yeah, that's a good point. So, who knows how this all goes, but I just have to say, well, I want to pull the audience here on this one, for sure. Do you say please to your assistant? I'm in a, I got things to do, I'm saying please to a, to a voice on a speaker that has no feelings, that's what I'm doing now? Uh, 62% of women said they did, and 45% of men said they did. Yeah, I felt like my sister actually said it a couple times. Please? Yeah. Do her uh, Google Assistant. So here's the thing, Will. Even though I'm, going, I'm doing the thing I'm doing with the ranting and the raving. As you do. As I would. You can imagine a future in which, let's say the youngsters get used to having these assistants do everything for them. How do you condition a person to say please to anyone if your number of interactions with AI starts to get closer to your number of interactions with humans because you know how that works with habits like you start saying bad words and all of a sudden they start falling out all over the place so imagine if you start putting the please away can you really still find it when you start interacting with real people oh. or does the shouting start to show up everywhere right so do we need AI rules and politeness. Hmm. Kirk's nodding. Go ahead, Will. Well, this study um, might be actually a good thing to know that uh, people are polite in general, like when they're speaking. Yeah, have you ever been on Twitter before? <laughs> well, speaking <laughs> on like a personal basis. Yeah, I know, but why is it then when people are typing? To another human on Twitter, then they're yeah, they don't they're, care. They're then they're rude. They don't horrible. Yeah, I don't know. I I really don't. know. Yeah, no. It's it's a, there's a conundrum somewhere in there. There's yeah. some type of conundrum going on. But it is interesting, nonetheless. And people are beginning to talk about it. Certainly, if you're if you're working at Google or Amazon, it's a consideration. Just what are these voices? Are they male? Are they female? What do they sound like? Do they? What are the options? Do they have an accent? Don't they have an which accent? And you know it changes regionally where you go. The default, I'm saying. Of course, you can go in and change it, but most people won't. So you're working off the default. And you would assume companies at the scale and intelligence level of Google figured out with their stock, with their stock assistant voice, that for most people, that must work the best. I think they didn't just come up with it out of nowhere. They would have tested certain voices, male, female, and so on. There's another thinking in here in the article which I found to be interesting is that, is that generally speaking, the way that men interact with technology is a bit different than women. Uh, or that men traditionally, I'm, told, I'm not trying to say everybody. Uh-oh. Traditionally, men seem, are, are, seem to be more interested in tech as tools, like our viewers, for example, right? If you look at the demographics on our channel and many other tech channels, which we've all talked about this and shared this, these demographics, it's mostly guys who watch tech content who are really into tech. And in those cases, it might be that you expect more of your item that you bought, and when it's not doing what you want quickly enough, you start to get rude. Mm -hmm. 
Whereas it might process a little differently for women who most of the time might be a little more sympathetic as far as treating the thing like an object. It's possible. But again, it's in this article. I'm not necessarily saying it, but I can share with people that our demographics here on the channel. First of all, shout out to the ladies who are here right now because you're part of a small group. It's like 5% of the audience on this channel right here, just to be clear. Now, granted, 5% of a big number is still a big number. So shout out to the ladies. Appreciate you being here and being into tech. You're, uh, you're bucking the trend. So, there you go. But I'm just, that's transparency on the viewers of this channel. Unbox therapy is the same demographically and many of the tech channels that I have, uh, that people have shared access to those figures to me for. So just put that out there. Of course, every human, everybody should, should have access and do, go do what they need to do, no matter what. Just let me get, just get that out there. Okay. Uh, Apple pulls all customer reviews from online Apple store. This is really interesting. This struck me. I did, uh, didn't know what to make of it. Apple had ratings and reviews a, a section on all product pages up until November 17th, which is what? Is that yesterday? A couple days ago? A couple days ago? Yesterday. It's the 22nd today. What planet am I living I'm on Cybertruck. I'm on planet Cybertruck yeah. right now where time passes at a different pace. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm just busy on my cyber quad. Uh, picking mushrooms on Mars because I was listening to the pot, you know. Yeah. Anyway, uh, Apple pulls all their customer reviews from the online Apple store. And what does this mean? What's happening? What are they saying? There's some speculation here. This is posted on Apple Insider. Apple made no statement about it. They made no post about it. It just slowly started to vanish. And they discovered this by going on Wayback Machine and trying to pinpoint the moment at which the ratings and reviews button and section vanished from the site. It, it, it originated from a user who pointed out that pages had been removed from the US, UK, and Australian Apple stores. And they're saying that's an indication that this is not some sort of a mistake, but instead maybe calculated and coordinated. Hmm. Now, the problem here, obviously, is the assumption is that that section would not be a good thing or reflecting something good. It's kind of like turning off the comments on a YouTube video. Is If all the comments were, you're so pretty, probably not going to do that. Those are the type of comments you get, Willie D. I appreciate those. Yeah, you're not gonna turn that off. You just you just keep them coming, keep them coming. But do you actually read like Willie do 2019? <laughs> so I read. Okay. You're saying do I read reviews on Apple's website? On any of no, like, absolutely main not. That's crazy. Yeah. But still, knowing that it's there, uh, knowing there's an option. I can also understand from Apple's point of view, those can those sections can be messy. Y- you can get language in there. You uh-huh. have to monitor that. And Apple is a very clean thing. You go to the Apple website. It's a very clean type of experience. So I could see you don't want to uh, muddy up their pages with vitriol. 
Although I'm sure there's there were probably useful reviews in there as well. Now, there is some speculation in this Apple Insider article that this may have something to do with the 16-inch MacBook Pro that recently came out. Apparently, there are some Apple fans that are not happy with the 16-inch MacBook Pro, and there were some negative reviews on that page specifically. There was a video posted from a YouTube account called F Stoppers. The title of that video, Apple Fanboys, Where Is Your God Now? Wow, what a title. F Stoppers. Got to get some titles for me. And in that video, he was reading these negative reviews from Apple's website. And of course, there were other, there's been other critical videos as well. This product and other products uh, that Apple makes. Is that the reason that Apple have this planned? Not really sure. But you can imagine, Will, you run this website and you have all these one-star reviews on your brand new laptop you worked a long time to make. What, do you, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? You're going to let it sit there? Well, no. You're going to take it down? Yeah. Get some moderators, you know. Or you're going to fix your product. Delete that stuff. Maybe you're going to fix your product. No. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's a, it's a really tough position to be in. There's a lot of people in your company that worked on this product, and you, you have these voices here, these one stars. It's tough. It's a tough position to be in. They had 10 one-star reviews whatever he's reading here. It looks like they were also critical of the adapters. I've seen this in the past. Actually, I should say, Will, I have read reviews on the Apple website about dongles. When we have to order those dongles, mm. people are always angry in the reviews having to buy dongles. And it kind of makes sense. No, no one is really in love with dongles in general mm -hmm. and having to have them. There are actually many products on Apple's site that previously have had low ratings, low stars. And it's not. it's just not a good look. Nobody wants that. So I understand where they're coming from, but definitely now people are going to have certain amount of apprehension on a site because there's nothing now. And they may have been used to looking at that before, or they'll just forget, or they'll go elsewhere. Now, how does Apple feel about that? I guess that depends on where elsewhere is and what elsewhere is saying. Because now if people, let's say it was a product that used to have a positive review, and the person was like, all right, I'm going to pull the trigger. Everything seems good right here on this site. Now that person comes to YouTube. They start watching a guy like Willie Do. And Willie Do might be sitting there saying, don't you dare buy the thing. Poop. This is, this is poop. It's aggressive. <laughs> but yeah, exactly. That's what they might find instead. So that's the risk you or run. Uh, but I can't say I'm surprised. So anyway, the section vanished somewhere between the 16th and 17th of November, which coincides with that new MacBook. It's a new age. It's a new era at Apple. No more reviews on a website. Who knows? Maybe it'll come back if people really want it, but I don't necessarily expect that to happen since they're gone, not just on one website, but a bunch of websites. So what would you do? Like, would you, uh, if you want a review on something... Do you go on YouTube? You yeah, on I mean, Amazon I'm already on YouTube or? anyways. And so is anybody watching this. Anybody who's here in this community is also probably on YouTube looking at products and what they should think about it. Hmm. But I'm thinking more in terms of the general customer who just is thinking, oh, I need a new thing. And they go to apple.com directly. They might not be in this YouTube review ecosystem.
I see. YouTube video ecosystem. But anybody here is going to be watching videos. Come on. Yeah. You want a product? Well, I go on Amazon. Or on Amazon. But yeah. Amazon reviews are a bit, people worry about those too. Because they're, you see like job postings for people saying, you see companies trying to hire <laughs> review writers yeah. for their product. It gets a bit squirrely over there as well because what do you really need to write a review on Amazon? So it's a tough, it's a tough game. But I actually think it's more difficult for me to think about products I buy without watching a video huh. as opposed to products I buy with what? There's fewer. I'll, I'll usually watch a video prior to buying anything that's expensive right? or requires any degree of uh, investigation. Hmm. There you have it. It's Cybertruck. We live in a Cybertruck era now. You can't. The thing is, Will, you can put a stamp on it now. You're going to remember that whether you like it or not. And, and that's what's cool. When, when an item, when some human engineering makes a dent, even though the door didn't dent, the windows did, but it also it made a dent in our psyche. Yeah. We are in the post-Cybertruck world now. And that's a different world than it was before. And any other truck, if they just did any other truck, it wouldn't, the dent would have been different. And I don't want that to necessarily be the case. Certainly not all the time. And I get it. It's not going to be for everyone. But every dent isn't for everybody. You see how that works? But they're trying to make a dent in the universe. So go get your <laughs> dent. Go make your dent. Go get your uh, dent. But just be denting. All the way. <laughs> okay, can we add this?